Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world. We're glad that you all could join us as well. We're excited to welcome author Tori Whitaker to our program today. Tori is someone who's been able to give us great books, great storylines, and her newest book is no different. She's celebrating the release of A Matter of Happiness. We're going to talk to Tori not only about the writing of the book, but also what it's like for her to craft these characters, the time they lived in, and I think also what readers are already saying, even though it is a new release, readers are already chiming in. We're going to talk to Tori about that. For those who are just now discovering a Tori's storytelling journey, we'll talk to her about that as well. Before we get into that, though, here is our musical mix featuring Bella Manchester with I'll Go. We're here on Conversations Live. Enjoy. There's emptiness inside my heart If only you wouldn't break that heart So I'll go And I will know What happiness is Cause it's worth living Cause I'm not here for you
That again was Bill of Manchester with Al Go here on Conversations Live, both for our radio audience here at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com. As well as tuning in online, we appreciate you guys joining us as well. As I said, today we're speaking with author Tori Whitaker. We're going to talk to her not only about her new book, A Matter of Happiness, but what has been laid for her to see the way the early readers are already responding to the main characters. And of course, we'll let you guys know how to stay connected with Tori. Tori, hello to you and welcome to the program. Hello. How are you? Hey, doing really good. Thanks Great for having to speak me. with you. Congrat- oh, glad to do it, and congratulations again on the new book. So as I mentioned, readers are already chiming in about, about these characters. Uh, Tori, what has it been like for you now to be able to release this new book out to the world? It's been super fun. Last night we had a party, and I dressed a little bit like a flapper girl from the 1920s, and we had some 1920s music, and somebody baked a bourbon cake, and it was delicious. Uh. Wow. And there were a lot of readers there and friends and family. Yeah. So, Tori, so historical fiction is one of the things you've become known for. Where did that love come from? Oh, I remember the moment precisely. I was five years old. My grandparents had taken me to a museum, and I recall standing in front of a Ford Model T, and looking back, I think that was the moment I fell in love with history. By fifth grade, I was planning the family vacations to places like Jamestown, Virginia, not Disney World. Wow, amazing. And now here you are writing these books, gaining fans literally around the world, taking us to an interesting time, but I think a time that is also very familiar. Even as we look at the new book, A Tory with a Matter of Happiness, these characters like Melanie and Violet, they're characters that maybe from the time period we may think we can't relate to, but definitely they're dealing with issues that a lot of people, and particularly women, can relate to. What has that been like for you to see the connection being made with them? That has been made by readers so far because some of the things that women deal with, whether it's 100 years ago or now, it can be family relationships or relationships with um, someone they're falling in love with or coworkers, rivals, things like that. Is They're universal across time. Exactly. And I think, too, it doesn't matter if you have $1 or more than that, as we see in, in A Matter of Half Happiness. You know, some things money cannot solve, and I think that's the thing. You're known also for writing about family and family dynamics, Tori. Talk to us about what that's been like for you to show the complications that can come when it comes to family as well as sports when it comes to secrets. I was actually born into a five-generation family, and then when my grandchildren came along, we had a five-generation, five generations living again, which is fairly unusual. So I have had this background in dealing with people of all ages within my family. For my characters, though, especially when it comes to the mother-daughter relationships, I find that I have to write them to be more contentious than my own ever was. And that can be difficult but fun at the same time. And I think it's fun, too, to read these characters. And I think, too, to be able to see how they're able to maneuver things, especially when it seems like in many ways, Tori, the odds are stacked against them. So for yourself, when it comes to writing a book like A Matter of Happiness, and I love that that title, I think it does remind us of the relative nature of a lot of things, right? For you, I mean, what kind of was the seed, the spark for this particular book? The seed was that my husband has been involved in the automotive industry for many years, and I had this vision 
of an old vintage car stored away somewhere, hiding something that somebody would discover decades later. And that spurred it on. When I discovered this Jordan MX Playboy car from the 1920s and that F. Scott Fitzgerald had actually named his character Jordan Baker in The Great Gatsby after this car because it was so wildly popular with flappers in the 20s, I knew this had to be the car for my story that hides the journal and the secrets. So I have to ask you about this question, and you can talk around it as much as you need to, Tori. But, I mean, to write this book, especially when it comes to being able to write it in first person, I mean, what was that like for you to kind of put yourself in these women's situations to think, especially Violet, uh, to put yourself in their situation and to kind of experience the world that you were creating around them? That's a great question. I started writing her storyline in the historical thread in third person. But when I switched to first person, I found her character came more to life. And I guess I just would put myself in her shoes. Um, She's independent, and, and I understand the evolution of a flapper, how they grew up in the early 1900s and saw starlets in the silent films and They've read literature like boys' books, supposedly boys' books of Treasure Island and things like that. And they grew up wanting freedom. Even Peter Pan was an inspiration for them. Wow. Flying away to Never Never Land and, and all. So, you know, it, it, I think, too, when I was reading this book, the other thing that comes to mind is not only, of course, the need for strength, but also, of course, um, the the need to to realize the importance of patience. As a storyteller for yourself, I think timing, of course, is, is everything, as we all say. But talk to us about that. I'm, I'm curious because I don't know the answer to this, story. What was the time frame of writing this book? It took me two years to write it. Is that what, mm-hmm. is that what you mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe two and a half, including some of the research. It was very intense. I, I was working full-time at the same time also. But with COVID in place over that period, I didn't have to commute. I didn't have to get all dolled up in the morning to go to work. You know, I just stayed, I put on some sweats. And, and so it gave me about three more hours to a day outside of my job. And that helped. Imagine. I, I, and the reason why I wanted to ask that question is because you make it seem so real. I mean, you make the. I mean, it's very obvious that this isn't just something you just threw together. You, I mean, you not only the time uh, period that we're looking at here, Tori, but also the the scene. How much of that was important for you to make not only the cities part of, of the story, but also almost to make them a, a character in, in the story? Oh, I love that you said that. Thank you. My husband and I actually spent 10 years in Michigan working in Detroit. So I had um, already an affection for the city and, and felt it in my heart. And also, we have some relatives that were born in, in uh, Kentucky, where that's another setting. And it's just one of the things I love to do, even if I'm researching from my computer. It's trying to create that sense of place with sensory details and everything. And because I have this love of the characters who are independent women that have dreams and struggles, and 
they have things thrown at them that are challenges, and they also make some decisions that could be good or bad. But they keep trying to find out what's most important to them, that matter of happiness. And so I can feel part of that, uh, having have dreams of my own and challenges that I've had to overcome. Uh, you so teed that, up my next question. Those kind of characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was going to say you teed up my next question that I had for you, uh, Tori, perfectly. How has your idea personally of happiness evolved, especially when it comes to your professional career? It has changed over the years. I was a stay-at-home mom until my boys were like 13 and 10. And I I knew I wanted to write a book someday, but I'm also sort of a practical person. So when they got that age, I went into corporate world and and grew my career. And eventually I just had to say to myself, if I'm ever going to write this book, I've got to do it. And so I didn't even start writing until I was in my 40s. And um, then it took a long time because I had, you know, I had to write the practice novel like a lot of authors do. And and then when you receive some rejection, like not getting a book published the first time, then you have to pick yourself back up. And that was hard, but I recommend anybody to do it. I mean, you never know. You could be one inch close to to achieving your goal when you when you quit. So just hang in there. Yeah. Such a great message. And A Matter of Happiness is such a great book, Tori. Congratulations to you again. Again, everyone, Tori Whitaker has been our guest. A Matter of Happiness is a new book available through our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite local bookstore. If they don't have it, I know they'd be more than happy to order it for you. Tori, how can our audience stay connected with you? Thank you so much for having me. Just go to ToriWhitaker.com. It's got links to all of my social media, um, book sources, and information, T-O-R-I-W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R.com. Well, look, congratulations again, Tori, and definitely looking forward to our next chat together. It's been a joy talking with you. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate that. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care.